This is the MFG cast. Kurt again. And this is D. Wyatt. And last time on the MFG cast, we talked about essential expansions or games that we thought that maybe needed an expansion. This time, we're going to be talking about, we're going to flip that coin. We're going to flip that script, yo. And we're going to be talking about games that have expansions that maybe don't necessarily need one, that are pretty good on, pretty great on their own. But before we get into that, let's talk about what we're now playing. Dan, what have you been playing lately? Uh, so lately we've been doing a little more of our Pandemic Legacy Season 2. And things are getting harder and harder and harder. <laughs> I still really like it. I like where it's going. Um, I'm really, really hoping that we can actually succeed. Because now things are taking those turns where like we're kind of getting our asses handed to us. And we're like, I don't know how the last couple of months are going to go. And I don't know if you remember, but when we had Jamie Stegmeier on, uh, he noted, like, yeah, we were up to November, and we got our gaming group together, and we played two games, and then we had to play two more, which sounded like it ended in tragedy, and I think I'm kind of kind of go along that same path. So. <laughs> so do you think that, you know, you, see, you seem like you've been having a, a great experience on both of them. Do you think... You know, after this whole thing is done, like, I don't know, you probably know this and I don't, that, you know, maybe Pandemic Legacy Season 3 is on the horizon, maybe not, but do you think that another game is warranted, or do you think that, you know, this is just what we need and that's good enough? I mean, I don't know how this one ends, but I can see a Season 3 coming out just because if this thing, like... I think Legacy Season 1 got hit number 1 on Board Game Geek at one point. I'm pretty sure Season 2 also did. I can't see the reason to not do it. It's, like, too good to pass up. I I mean, I am frightful of the idea of, like, oh, man, did you check out Pandemic Legacy Season 5? That thing is bonkers. But um, it, it is very cool. Season 2 definitely mixes it up a lot. Like, you Season one very much about like I'm playing pandemic and doing different things. Season two is uh like I'm playing a different stylized of game and my decisions are leading to different things. Like you're doing more I feel like more is vital. So I kinda like that a lot. And the only other game we got to play recently is cause uh I don't know if you noticed lately, we've been talking about a string of like abstract uh games against each other. Uh there's a little game out there called Number Nine. But it's spelled out like number nine. It's like N M B R, and then the number itself nine. So that's always fun to look up on Board Game Geek. But it's a one of those like polyanimal games where it's like the um, 
there's zero through nine as the numbers, like in like Tetrisy style, like shapes and everything. And the whole concept is there's a 20 card deck. You flip over the card and that's the number you have to build next. It has to touch another number or go on top of two other numbers and create a new plane. So every plane a number has to touch another number there or you can start building up. The scoring is crazy because it's like everything on the bottom level is worth nothing. So a huge base isn't great. Uh, everything on the next level is worth whatever that number is. The level above, it's times two. The level above, times three. But you can't build over holes or gaps or have anything hanging off and stuff like that. So it's very puzzly. You know, it's like you notice your first two, three moves, you're kind of all doing the same thing. And then three numbers later, everyone's all different. Um, it's pretty fun. Uh, goes up to four players. You can find it in like Barnes and Nobles and stuff like that. I actually first heard about this game from uh, Suzanne Sheldon. It's pretty damn cool still. It still makes my head hurt after like two plays. Because I'm like, why can't I get the nine to go in a spot that's good? <laughs> I always forget the shapes and the numbers. I have to like start trying to remember. No eights came out yet. Put that somewhere that'll be good, dummy. Because I just don't think that far ahead ever. And it cost me every single yeah. time. This is a game we saw at Meeplestock and some people were playing and it looked neat and just it seems like one of those games that I always kind of see on the media channels and stuff like that. It's people really digging. Um, yeah, it's weird. I feel like I feel like that people have really taken this Tetris theme for these games and really, you know, gotten creative with it. You know, because like there's a lot of games out there that kind of have that concept. You know. Like, you know, one of the major games, like, you know, I think everybody that has heard of, but not everybody has played that kind of started that whole trend is Blockus, you know, where it's just, you know, they had all those cool little pieces and you're trying to, you know, you know, touch a corner of your piece and trying to block off other spots and stuff like that. And it's just kind of, you know, kind of gone down the, gone down the whole track of, you know, people trying to figure out how to make games with that concept. And it's, it's interesting some of the things that people have come up with. Yeah, I mean, if you like that Pollyanna style game, uh, Yui Rosenberg is going nuts with it lately. Like <laughs> Indian Summer, Cottage Garden, Beast Rodin, Patchwork. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like, uh, I want the next Agricola to be like, oh yeah, if you put this thing in your farm, like this is how you now tend your crops. If you put them in the right shapes, you get even better produce. <laughs> but um. But yeah, it's like the the only uh, bad thing of number nine, that box is absurdly large. Like I get it because like, you know, they have like the cutouts for like the, the numbers yeah. and everything. But I'm like, I don't know, man. I feel like it could have been like half the size <laughs> and like stack the trays or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, super fun. And if I remember, it's like relatively cheap. I think it's like 25 bucks nice, or something. Nice, yeah. So that's not yeah. too bad for that That's game. always a good a good thing. And uh, and of course, Kim's her part of that game. Uh, she trounces me more than she doesn't. <laughs> like I think she's at like seventy percent wins yeah. in that thing so far. So. I feel I feel like the women in our life have a very good concept of abstract games, and we are still trying to figure it out. Yeah, it's and it's always worse when Kim's like, you know, like, oh, I just wanted it to look nice, and it's like, you know, she got like sixty-seven yeah, yeah, points. Yeah, exactly. Like, I got forty, and I was struggling and sweating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe you're thinking too much. You know, you're just like, okay, I got to figure right? this out. I got to do it this way. You know, it's like. You just be like, okay, well, this looks, you know, whatever. Ah, who knows? I'm, I'm too busy planning for the future and not living in the moment. <laughs> no kidding. The cookie was right. No kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. 
Um, I got a I got a little bit of money for Father's Day, so I was I wanted to spend it on something different. I a bazooka. What's that? A bazooka. I you, you're very faint. I can't hear you. Oh, sorry. I said a bazooka. <laughs> a bazooka. Yeah, there you go. That's different. Um, I decided to grab a solo game. Um, I also decided to grab a solo game off of the Game Crafter, which is something I have not done yet. Um, so I bought Desolate by Grey Gnome Games. Grey Gnome Games is a smallish company owned by Jason Glover, who does his uh, that he um, makes the games, but he also does the art for them. And it has a interesting kind of I don't know. His art just has a interesting old school vibe to it. Go go to Grey Gnome Games and just look up some of the art that he's done. It it's it's cool. This game is basically you are you're on a failed rescue mission and you crash and you're trapped in a space station on a remote moon and you're trying to escape. But what you don't realize is there are some aliens that are there too trying to uh, prevent you from leaving. So what you do is you have an uh, exploration deck and you have a conflict deck and you also have an item deck. Uh, before you start, you actually get to uh, draw three item cards and pick two that you really like. And basically what you're doing is you're you're picking your exploration. So you get two exploration, exploration cards, and either one is you get to explore a room, or one of them is a conflict with an alien. And with the exploration, usually you can grab... In this game, you have health, you have, uh, you have 14 health, you have four oxygen and you have seven ammo and that's in, in the ammo is in the form of dice so if you're exploring if you one of the two cards you flip up is an uh, exploration card then you either get a large crate or you get a small crate and you get to pick the other card that you didn't pick turn it on the opposite side and if it's a large crate you get to pick the large and the small reward or if it's a small one, you just pick the small reward. And that helps for different things for like getting more ammo, oxygen, and then power cells is what you need five power cells to to get your spaceship running so you can escape. <clears throat> another thing you can do is, another thing that happens is conflict. And when the conflict happens, you turn over a conflict card and you're fighting these aliens. Well, right away before combat even starts, the aliens will assess damage. So below the, the, on the top left corner, there's a couple of spaces for dice for the amount to defeat the alien. There's damage. So if there's like three damage, you get three damage right away. If there's no damage, you get no damage. And then one of the, one of the, uh, one of the two spots for the dice on the card already has an assessed number, but then one of them doesn't have an assessed number. So you take the exploration card with the alien on it and whatever little dice on the the small icon on the dice on the top left of the card, you would take that and that would be your total for beating this, excuse me, for beating the alien. So then depending upon how many dice you want to roll, you actually use ammo. So you start with seven and that just determines how many dice you use. So say you have to beat a, I don't know, so you have to beat an eight. Um, that's something that's kind of hard to do with two dice unless you're really lucky. So you'll probably spend three Use them, roll them up. If you roll higher, of course you win. And if you don't, then you would take damage. 
So what you do is you flip over another conflict card, you flip it over to, or you flip it 190 degrees to the bottom side and it has a number and you would take that damage. And then you would take your ammo and start try, try to fight more. But also what happens is, depending upon what you rolled, you would knock them down. So it's not like you just roll it and you fail. So say you have an 8 and you roll the 4, it knocks them down to 4, and then you can go on to the next turn and spend, you have to still spend ammo and go. Yeah, and, but basically the, like the thing that I said to win the game is to get those 5 energy cells to get out of there. Two ways to lose the game is losing all your health, of course, and another way is to lose all your oxygen. A way to lose oxygen is if you go through the deck of expiration cards and have to reshuffle, you lose two oxygen. And then once you get down to zero oxygen, depending on how many times you go through the deck, you would lose there if you lost all your oxygen. But there's other crates and, and items and stuff like that that help you have more oxygen or get more oxygen and stuff like that. So it's a nice little interesting one-player game. I've This is something that I, is new for me because I... I don't think of gaming as I think I think of gaming as a social game. I don't think of it as something where it's like, okay, I'm just gonna you know go in the corner here and play my little game and woohoo, I did it myself, you know that kind of thing. But it's about 17 bucks on the Game Crafter plus shipping. You know, some people I think I'm a little spoiled when it comes to like Amazon because it's like, oh, I can get this. I don't have to worry about shipping. <laughs> blah blah blah. But like. I trust. And it's sent to you before you even click yeah, buy. Exactly. You're like, wait, what? It's yeah, already exactly, here? Exactly. <laughs> it was already here two days uh, two days before. But I trust uh, Jason's pedigree because we were able to play, uh, I was able to play test Stu for him and for Button Shy Games, and I really dug it. I thought he had some cool concepts and a really good brain for games. And uh, I'm glad I got this. It was a cool little uh, dip into the solo game thing, and I am excited about it. And unfortunately, he came out with a couple ex of expansions after I bought this, and I didn't realize. <laughs> so maybe eventually that'll be something that I get, and they're really cheap. They're only like seven bucks a piece. So maybe eventually I'll do that. Yeah. Well, hey, it's like we were saying in a previous episode. You know, you don't want to just buy the game and all the expansions without having to play. <laughs> having games played. I gotta know. Like, um. I was kind of skimming this out as you were talking about it. First of all, uh, the fact that Fairway 3 Games, who did Starving Artist, uh, did a nice little full review on here. And they, they're they pretty glowing about yep. it. And I, I definitely like that art style, man. I, I like that that stark black and white. Yeah, it kind of makes me think of like a Lost in Space kind of thing or something like that. And I will give a lot of credit to, to Mike from Fairway 3 Games. I actually, when I read his review, that basically put the nail in the coffin that I need to get this game, so... Very cool, man. And uh, so, uh, on a quick aside, how did you like your whole experience with GameCrafter? It was pretty snazzy. Yeah, it, it's not bad. Like the you know the way you know it's just basically just a few cards, these uh, power cells which look cool, a uh, couple of uh, uh, cubes for marking health and stuff like that, and then the dice. Yeah, no, it's perfect. And they even said it was supposed to come later than it did. It came before they said it would. So I'm very impressed with it. Um, yeah, just great. Yeah, I, I definitely dig GameCrafter. Like, their bits, like, you know, for upping games are awesome. The, the fact that this is out there, like, if you have an idea for a game or something, you can kind of put it out there. You can, like, make your own stuff, upload your cards, do the whole nine, and, uh, you know, actually see if your dream can, like, earn profit or if people are out of there, you know? It's very awesome. I uh, We actually talked to a 
last this last Gen Con, we, me and Tracy went to, we talked to a couple of guys that were working the Gen Con booth and super nice dudes. And they're in Game Crafters out of Wisconsin, so I got to give them big ups because, you know, they're from a great state. <laughs> really? They're, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. You betcha. That is pretty awesome. <laughs> so just as a uh, quick aside, I noticed that they also have Unfair in their bargain bin, a game that I know you have had <laughs> multiple experiences playing. Now might be the chance to jump on that. Yeah, I like that game. So as much as I would love to prattle on more and more and more about the Game Crafter, because <laughs> that thing is pretty awesome. And in our last episode, we were talking about like the games that need the expansions, right? Like, you know, like if you're going to play it, you kind of got to get the expansion for it or like games that don't have expansions yet and good God, get on the ball and start making them. The dog does not like it when companies demand extra money from you. We're pretty soon. We're going to have to start billing him with another host because he's talking more than other people. <laughs> um, so we figured that uh, we'll like, you know, we're going to flip the coin. We're going to look at the other side and we're going to discuss some of those games that don't need the expansion. You know, it's like, just the experience in and of itself is fine enough that you don't need it to be watered down or complicated by additional things. So now my list is super short. Kurt, you said your list, you have like over a dozen titles on yours. I sure do. We're, we're going to have to, uh, I'm going to have to see if I can poke some holes in some of your picks. Yes, you will. But, uh, let's, I'm going to start. I'm going to start because I'm going to throw one out there that will definitely create some conversation because I had to hold my tongue on the last episode that we talked about. Now, this is just like, I don't think it's a definitive like, oh, it needs, it doesn't need, it, you know, whatever. It's just, I, it's one of those that I think on its own is still a great game and possibly doesn't need an expansion. And that's Lords of Waterdeep. <laughs> it needs it. It needs it. <laughs> you were rare do I say this? You were objectively wrong. <laughs> yeah, I do I do love the expansion, but I, I don't know. I this is one of those games that I've played me, multiple plays. And I think that the base game itself, like, boy. Now I feel like I'm really like backing off of my statement, but I really do think you are. I do. I do and think because you said the wrong thing, man. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I think by itself, I think it's still a great game, and I still think you can get lots and lots of plays of it without it. And I have so. You can, but this is the thing: Lords of Waterdeep is a cupcake with no icing on it, right? Now, if that's the only thing you ever had, man, I love me some cupcakes. But once you have icing on your cupcake, man, you don't go back. You don't go, no, no, just plain for me. Nobody does that. <laughs> you know why everyone has the icing on it? Because it makes it better, and it's bad without it. I like cupcakes without icing, so boo. No, you don't. Nobody does. <laughs> man, you can't tell me what I don't like. Right. <laughs> Normally, I would agree with you, except for this. <laughs> nice. Well, here's another one. One hole poked. Here, yeah, here, here's another one. Here's another one. We'll throw that out. And all, only because I haven't played any of the expansions yet, I think Orleans doesn't necessarily need any expansions either. Mm-hmm. I can I can agree with that. Um, Orleans is almost like a game system with, like, the, the expansions don't just go, oh, here's three new professions to add to your bags. They, like, fundamentally change how the game is played where they could have been like released as their own games but 
by making them expansions, they didn't have to tack on another 25 bucks and an inch of the box for like these hundred punch out guys. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just, it's just an option for you. It's not a necessity. Yeah. Like one of them is like a co-op thing where you're protecting like the castle and, um, the other expansion offers like, like new event tiles and like new venues. But yeah, I would, I would agree. You don't need the expansions. Like I'm happy I got them, but they're also not critical in any capacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that game is just so, I probably, I definitely have not played this as much as you, but I think that that original base game has just so much variety in it in the first place that it, it wouldn't get stale to where you would need that other option. Yeah. Like, me and Kim will play some of the expansion stuff, but with all like most of my buddies, we're still just playing base game, and everyone still loves it just as is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly. What's something on your list that doesn't necessarily need an expansion? All right, so uh, for me, and it's funny because we both got the expansion for it, <laughs> um, Raiders of the North Sea. Like each of the expansions, like oh, you know, it adds another player and it adds a new a space to go to and prepare and there's a new way to get points and everything. Part of the thing that I think makes Raider so good is that it's so tight. Mm-hmm. You know, like I don't want to water down the character deck where it's like, oh, now like there's 40 more cards and your chance of hero drawing a hero is a little less and. If you're really looking for that, like that goldsmith, you may not see them now because there's all these other people in the deck. Like, I kind of like the ratio of the characters. I like knowing that seeing things come out. I like it when you get two of the same person. So you're like, yeah, I'm actually playing an army of barbarians or an army of foragers and stuff like that. And also, I feel like everything is super meaningful right now. Mm-hmm. You know, like you're desperate to raid that base because if you don't raid it, I will, and I'll take the stuff, and you're not going to get the reward or the points. With like, oh, well, now you can go over here and you can get points like that. And no, also you can talk to these guys and you can do this new quest thing. And like when you keep adding all these things, well, now everyone's just going to spread out and do their own thing. Like you're not, I don't feel like you'll be struggling to outpace, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You're right on the whole tightness thing with that game because that's something I had on my list, even though I haven't even played any of the expansions yet because we just got the one. But like, yeah, it's just, it's one of those games where, you know, again, it's just, and it's funny because last time I played this game, I was like, man, it seems like you should have so many options and so many places to go, but you really have to tighten down the hatches and really get that strategy going. Otherwise you can get left out, you know, depending upon where that, you know, last person made their mark and where you're going to end up going or the next person does, you know? Yeah. It's like, because if you know, oh well, I can just go over there for four points anytime I need to. You're not, you know, you're not desperate to get the five points at that raid because you can be like, well, oh, well, four and five, it's close enough. Like, yeah, when it's the raid or nothing, raid matters. Yeah, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's even. I would argue it's even a little tighter than than Waterdeep because Waterdeep you have you know a lot more options to do things and you know even though they're kind of you know totally separate entities and the way they play and stuff like that. It's like with Waterdeep, it's like, okay, well, maybe there's this, this, and this. Where in Raiders, it's like, okay, I only have a couple options here, so, you know, I better make that right decision. True. A couple that I just kind of, uh, I'm, I'll kind of lump together just because I feel like these are a game, I'll actually put three together. Just in the saving of time and just because it, they kind of have the same problem with it. Like, 
uh, Takenoko and like survive escape from Atlantis and garbage day. It's got like these little tiny expansions that go with them. Like with survive, it's like, Oh, here's the octopi or, you know, or with Takenoko, here's the chibis. And then like garbage day, here's the smell expansion. Like they're not needed to play these great games. Those games are perfect by themselves. That's just something for the fan that really digs it. That just wants a little something extra. I don't think it's anything that's detrimental to the game. I think it's like you can just play without them. Yeah, I I often wonder with like those like smaller box expansions if it was like, you know, people clamor for something more and they're like, I don't know, we'll make Panda Kids and I don't know, give them like ten new cards, like just make it fifteen bucks, just yeah, just put something out there to make these people happy, you know. <laughs> I feel like, you know, that's that happens a lot, especially with that kind of thing. It's just like, it's not needed. You don't need to do that. Like, just enjoy the fact that you have a great game. Another game that I think is big that has a lot of ex- expansions to it that make it worthwhile, but I, I think that the base game has so much to it that it necess- doesn't necessarily need the expansions, I think it's Dead of Winter. I think it's one of those that, you know, with the scenarios and all the cards and all the backgrounds and stuff like that with the crossroads cards like there's just so much in that base game that it would take you very many plays to get through all of them and i don't think that the expansions are a necessity so you know to me it's just it seems like one of those that it it's not necessarily a need yeah it's like um like i think the decision to make the long night it's a standalone game. Mm-hmm. It was kind of smart, you know? Um, I know the Warring Colonies is, like, the true expansion expansion where, like, you need a base game to be able to play Warring Colonies. Yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I know where you come from. Like, especially since they put a great amount of stories in there, too. Like, in the base Dead of Winter, you can play a lot of times and, you know, get those, like, I think there's, like, 18 different story mo- modules or something in there. Like based on game length, which is great. Uh, a game that I actually, in a, in a similar concept almost, for me, Century Spice Road. You know, like, I don't want there to be a fifth spice or a weather die or a travel card deck or something. Like, the, its simplicity is its beauty. Mm-hmm. And, like, knowing, like, the cards that are out there and just getting your engine going is what really matters. Like, you know, not complicating that and not like burdening in it with like oh yeah we put out a new expansion where like now uh every pl- turn and player can, like no just the four options and your four actions and that's it is beautiful in that game and i also love the fact that they got that structure of like you know century eastern wonders it's its own game and like the long night and dead of winter you can combine them but it's not required for either or is uh is definitely a beautiful thing yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Another one of mine is they just, they're kind of, I don't know. I think a lot of people are ex- are excited about when they came out with the other, with another game of the type, but then now they're coming out with another little expansion to it, and I feel like it's not needed, is King Domino. I know a lot mm. of people were kind of excited about the Queen Domino because it gives the guy, gives the players that love the crunchiness more of an option but now they're doing the what is it the isle of giants or something like that where they have these t- these tiles where if a giant shows up on the tile then you have to put 
a giant meeple on top of one of your crowns and it gets rid of one of your crowns. But then if you pull over, uh, then if you flip over one of the tiles that has the, uh, and you take the tile that has the um, giant footprints, then you can actually take one of the giants off of yours and put it on someone else's, which gives it a little more variety. And it, you know, it, it comes in a cute box and stuff like that, that all that stuff kind of comes in and stuff like that. But like, to me, King, King Domino is just such a, like you said, with, uh, uh, with uh, Century Spice, it's such a simple, easy game to play, and got still has a lot of good strategy to it. Like I don't think it needs anything else, you know. Like we played like the giant version of of King Domino at Meeple Stock, and we're like, this is cool for like cons, but it's not needed at, at your <laughs> house. It's not needed at your friends how you know it's like that's just something to be like whoa look at that that's cool huh do you want to take that all no that would just not fit in my house let's just leave it here now the other thing too is that age of giants expansion the fact that its price is the same as the game you know i mean don't get me wrong king Domino is twenty dollars it's not like it's a seventy dollar game but Still, like anytime the expansion costs exactly as much as a game, it's kind of like, oh, can you take a few bucks off of that? So, and lastly, I will add another game to the list. It's something that you can get. You can get expansions, which are basically factions to add on, and it's Imperial Settlers. I think this is a game that by itself is just fine. I don't think it really needs, you know, the other stuff. You know, like I. No Atlanteans. I actually have that, and I, you know, I think I think they're a decent faction, but I don't really think it's needed. I think it's one of those games that's just fine to play by itself, and I understand like it's nice to have those, you know, other factions to you know see how they work out and stuff like that. And, and again, I haven't played any of the other ones yet, but uh, I think this is a game that plays great by itself. It's one of uh, another game that. I really enjoy every time, every single time I play it, and every time I talk about it, I'm like, "Gosh, I need to get it at the table," even though I won't, which I should. But uh, yeah, it's just it's one of those that I understand why uh, Ignacy has, you know, continued to come out with stuff for it because it's his baby. It's the one that kind of got him on the map. But I think just the base game by itself is just fine without it. Uh, so, for what it's worth, I am registered to play a game of that, so I will finally have a taste of Imperial Settlers at Dexcon. You have still, you have not played that game? No, I have not. You ha- what? Yeah. Okay, the podcast is over, guys. See, it was nice <laughs> seeing you. Um, I can't believe also, it. Also, you know what? I'm really curious if uh, I want you to try to get to play 51st State Master Set now. Mm-hmm. Because from what I from what I remember, like the history of Imperial Settlers, it was kind of like there was Fifty First State. Then he made Imperial Settlers to improve on Fifty First State, but then like a whole bunch of things came out for Imperial Settlers, and then there was Fifty First State Master Set, which kind of like took all the best of Imperial Settlers and put that into a new theme. I wonder if you if you play Fifty First State Master Set, if you'd be like, no, wait, this is the thing. No, I don't need Imperial Settlers. This is the thing that doesn't need expansion. Yeah, a lot of people a lot of people dig that game, so maybe I will have to check that out. So yeah, so um, so I want to know like what games people out there think are you know what like, this is the cream of the crop. 
you know, like clearly uh, Elias thinks everything outside doesn't need expansions because he wants everything to go away, as you can hear in the background. But, you know, like, what are the titles that you were like, you know what? No, I just like it pure. I don't need to water it down with anything else. You know, and also I'm, I'm kind of curious if any people are on the side of the the argument we mentioned in the last episode where it's like, you know what? Like, if the game didn't have it in the box to begin with, I don't need it. The hell with that. This game is meant to be this way, and I don't, I don't care what else came out for it, you know? Yeah, exactly. So make sure you get on the Twitter machine at, at MFGCast. Uh, join our Facebook page. Um, we've been getting a lot of conversations in lately. We want to get a few more in, so let us know on there because um, this is something that I really like this episode because I like, I like having the argument of, like, because, you know, I feel like there's expansions for everything these days. And, you know, sometimes just playing the regular game is just enough. You know, can we just be happy with just enough? Come on, people. So let yeah, us know. And um, speaking of that Facebook page, uh, our very own Page West, he noted Vita Culture needs no expansions. So I think he might be talking about Vita Culture Essential Edition. We'll find out. <laughs> uh, George Z, Terraforming Mars. I hear you, brother. Potion Explosion. Pandemic. Z-Man's going to disagree. Z-Man thinks Pandemic needs lots of expansions. Um, Josh noted uh, Carcassonne, which that's an interesting take because I know Carcassonne has like 10 expansions. They got even that big box version. Uh, And also um, Howard, he noted Sagrada, and I have to agree with him on Sagrada. That's another great pick of a game that I know the expansion is coming out soon, but I, I, you know... I think it's going to probably be fine just as it is. Yeah. I don't think that that expansion is going to be critical. Yeah, exactly. I think the only yeah the only reason that you need that is for if you want to play five or six players, which I don't know that many people, so I would never play that. <laughs> so thanks, thanks Floodgate, but you know maybe I can play that at a convention or something like that. Maybe that's where it'll come into play. Concur. Yeah, exactly. So again, thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for getting into the conversation. And until next time, I am Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG Cast. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.